it's education of what it is, as well as educating boys not to behave in a certain way, rather than educating girls to try and prevent it. But I also think you have to challenge it, and everybody has to challenge it. If you're standing back and saying nothing, you're part of the problem. Hello, and welcome to Two Women Chatting. I'm Michelle. And I'm Liz. And um, rather excitingly, we've got a live guest today, our first one ever. <laughs> well, I mean, they've usually been live. They just haven't actually been in the vicinity. But yeah, no, it's really exciting to have um, Tony Hargis with us um, because it's International Women's Day tomorrow. And Liz and I were talking about all kinds of things to do with women and um, what's the word? Equality. That's a good That's word. word. Very good <laughs> word. Yes. Good word. But um, Tony's a dear friend of mine and she has written a book all about how to stand up to sexism. And it just seems like this would be a really good opportunity to use this platform and talk a little bit about it. Yeah, we wanted to really look at how we could empower ourselves and our daughters and our sisters not to just accept what is considered like everyday sexism. There's a really good TEDx talk by Laura Bates. Um, and I was watching that. And my gosh, we do just accept everyday things. Just let let it pass us by and just consider it the norm or ignore it. And a lot of those things are just not okay. So the theme this year for International Women's Day is to embrace equity, to have a gender equal world, a world that's free of bias and stereotypes and discrimination, a world that's diverse and equitable and inclusive, a world where difference is valued and celebrated. Seems like a pretty good goal already, doesn't it? So Tony Summers Hargis is an author and columnist. She's got a law degree and a master's in organisation development under her belt, and she spent years working in corporate HR, training and organisation consulting. She's always been ardent and vocal about women's rights and equality. Yes, I would call her gobby. It's <laughs> not very nice. No, it's true. I love having a gobby friend. Everybody should have a gobby friend. I do. Oh, yeah, you do. <laughs> Tony was termed difficult in many a meeting and strives to continue in that vein, calling out sexist BS at every turn. She's written about women's rights issues for the past several years at Huffington Post, Medium and the Brit Mums website. And she is here with us talking about her book, How to Stand Up to Sexism, Words for When Enough is Enough. So, Tony. Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> what made you write the book in the first place? Um, well, oh God, it was three things, really. It was when the Me Too movement was uh, having a resurgence in 2017, do you remember? And I started thinking, nothing's changed. It's a bit depressing that, you know, decades later, um, nothing really had changed. And then my daughter went into the workplace and confirmed that. So there were two things that were making me really angry. And then I did what a lot of women do. And I sat and thought about all the things that had happened to me and how I would address them now with my old lady head, mm -hmm. you know, and I just thought, oh, I would have done this and I would have said this. And I realised that younger women don't have the skills or the experience. All the confidence. Yeah. And we do. And I just thought there's got to be something that we can do to help them. 
Um, so I just started talking to other women um, and put this book together of things. It should be called Things We Wish We'd Said yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, well. That's the benefit of hindsight, yeah. isn't it? As a midlife woman, we've been through so much and we've sort of lost a lot of our filters. Mm-hmm. So we wouldn't take that yeah. essay. I don't want to get an e-explicit for our podcast because uh, then I have to go into another category. But we don't take yeah. that stuff. No, and I think it's... I, I used to hate confrontation. I still don't speak like it, but I would now confront a man mm-hmm. or a woman who was sexist. Yeah. Well, I yeah. was really proud of myself because after Tony came out with this book and I had read it and I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Never even thought about it. And you were, you and I were in the same meeting. OK, do you remember this, Liz? And there was an agenda and um, they had lumped us both together under two different topics. But we were the only women in the room. Right. She was one topic, I was the other, but it was da-da-da and the girls. da-da-da-da. And they referred to us as the ladies. And, I, and with my heart beating, it's stupid really, but my heart was racing. I said, actually, we're covering very different things. And if you don't mind, in future agendas, can you just divide those two into different areas? And um, also, if you could just not call us ladies like a group term. And they said, well, what should we call you then? I said, well, Michelle. you know, Liz and Michelle would be fine. <laughs> but that's passive sexism, I think, a lot. I mean, in meetings that I've been in, you know, recently, because I'm on various committees, I was the only woman. And they look at me like, who's going to take the notes? And you, that's yeah, when I, I've now got that. I just go, not me. Yeah, yeah. But it used to, I wouldn't have done that years ago. I'm like, oh, of course I will. And the thing is, Michelle, what, what you were saying, well, your heart was racing. So a lot of, in this book, I encourage women to actually practice. So if you've got an ongoing situation at work or in meetings where you know the same thing is going to happen, if you practice, it almost builds up muscle memory and you don't flap and the whole sentence comes out. It doesn't peter off at the end. And then, you know, you lie in bed at three o'clock going, oh, oh I can't I believe I did that. that. Yeah. Um, so there, there is definitely a, a use to, to practising these words. It's not, it's not a how to prevent book. I don't, I don't mm. want to give that impression because you can't prevent sexism and it's not our responsibility anyway. But, but I do think that if you um, have an ongoing situation, you can train yourself almost, to address it without, you know. Yeah, and a lot of the things, a lot of the words that you suggest, uh, you know, there's an ongoing theme, really. You know, you can you can address it with sarcasm or irony or for real, honestly. Is, is yeah. that what you wanted to say to me? So I think if you can almost grasp the tonality of the words, you can find those words because it arms you, it weaponizes you verbally mm-hmm. to find your own words to say something yeah. back instead of being accepting all the time. And and that's why, you know, for every single issue, I've got probably 5, 10, 15 options because it's not a one size fits all. That's what I liked in the book. There's different options because everyone's got different personalities. Yeah. I wouldn't dream of saying some of the things, but mm-hmm. I wish I'd been able to say, did you really say that out loud? Yeah. And that's also the context, you know. you know, sometimes you've got to think of your own personal safety mm. or your job security. So one answer is not going to be the same as, you know, in two different contexts. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's, you have to just ignore it. You know, there are, there are occasions where it's best to say nothing. Now, safety, I'm glad you've touched on that because what do you do if it's, late at night you're walking down the road and you get a sense that you know somebody's eyeing you up or they they even say something to you when is the right time to just ignore it and just 
get the heck out of there? And when is the time to say, are you staring at me? Like, for example, on the train, I've heard of a lot of scenarios when people have been on the train late at night and they've thought, God, I'm such an idiot taking this last train. We mm-hmm. shouldn't have to feel worried and guilty. But they have started putting signs up on the trains, I've noticed, that said if you see someone being, they, you know, you think they've been harassed, you know, male or female, stay with them, say, are they okay? And that's really good, I think. They're starting to do that. It's nice that the signs are there, but whether or not people will well, do it. Well, there's a lot of emphasis at the moment on bystander intervention. And, they're, you know, touching on a sort of a different topic, there's a lot of guys out there doing bystander training for men mm-hmm. so that even if they wouldn't behave in a way like that, that, that they see other men behaving, they are encouraged and, and you know, motivated to step in. I think you called it being upstander, yeah. not a yeah. bystander, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which yeah. Is, which that's is, a great thing to teach our sons. Yeah, and that, I think the younger generation, you know, we've got 20-year-old 20, 20 sons. They I think we've got 20 kids between yeah, us. No, that's <laughs> not, not story, quite. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I know that you know, my son would say he, if he, he was walking behind someone, a, a girl on, on the street at night, he would cross the road to make sure she didn't think that yeah. he was mm-hmm. running, which is great. And that's mm-hmm. where yeah. the book does have a lot of, you know, very useful information that, that made me think, you know, yeah. why didn't I, I tell would. them that? Yeah. I knew it would make As you, you know, think. I'm going to say this, I was a little bit concerned. I didn't want it to be, a, you know, I thought it might be a, a, a man bashing book. It is certainly not. It's quite the opposite. It is fantastic. <laughs> and it's got some great, great suggestions and one-liners, which I laughed at as well, some of them. I love some of the quotes. Oh, my God. You know, some of these incredibly famous women who have, you know, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. Eleanor Roosevelt. My coach said, I ran like a girl. And I said, if he could run a little faster, he could too. I love that. that Isn't that brilliant? (laughs) Yes. yes. And I I really liked researching those and I wanted to put them in. I mean, you know, some of them we've everybody's heard, but they are quite motivational. And the one about inferiority, she was right that it's not that we deserve to be made inferior, but people pick on submissive people. So that whole thing about, you know, what we would say now in our old lady years, it wouldn't happen to us now because no one would come for us as much. That's Do you know what I mean? True. We're not so much of a target. They pick on younger women because younger women have all not just the confidence, they haven't had the experience and they do not recognise what's happening to them. So, all right, let's go back to basics then, Tony. So what would be a sexist thing to say? I, I mean, I've read the book, so I know lots of things, but can you explain what is it? sexism in its essence it's not it's not there's no legal term called sexism sexual harassment is a legal term but sexism is a, is a very wide um sort of umbrella term for treating one gender differently from the other or treating one sex differently from the other to their disadvantage mm-hmm. so it means talking to a woman um or behaving with a woman in a way that you wouldn't with with a man so would you include something like mansplaining Oh, definitely. Definitely. Because, I mean, it happens with men, but it also happens with the power dynamic. So it would happen between a an older white man and a younger brown or black man. And that's the same power dynamic. Mm-hmm. It's, so um, it's power. That's it, isn't it? It's yeah, it's all the power dynamic. It holds the mm-hmm. power. And that's what, what we hope. If we're educating our boys that they won't go into the workplace thinking they hold the power. Mm-hmm. Because it is true, when, you know. When I was at work, men just thought they were more important than me. And, they, and sometimes they just speak absolute rubbish. To fill the space. But they, and they just assume everyone's going to listen to them and agree with them. Mm. You know, and they're not used to being challenged. I had a brilliant example um, in the last summer with a person who will remain 
unnamed, but it was a, a white older professional guy. And he basically tone policed me um, when I questioned an admin procedure that he was trying to blame me for. And he, he took exception to my tone. So I emailed him back and I said, this may come as a surprise to you because I'm sure you're not used to hearing this, but I don't care. <laughs> Good for so you. And I just thought I just let it rip because yeah. I thought mm. this guy has never heard anyone speak to him like this. And I've got nothing to lose. Mm. And so so, yeah. so you've said it again. That's a nugget of it. It's a generational thing. A lot of older white men, perhaps, but older men make an assumption that they can say things louder, slower, mm-hmm. and it will be so yeah <laughs> if you like mm-hmm. you know you talk a lot about you know like my daughter I've got a 25 year old and I've got a 23 year old who are in the workplace if they're in a meeting you know it's likely that they will be interrupted mansplained to mm-hmm. and dealing with that in a courteous polite way that does not allow any um, misunderstanding of their meaning, I think is really important because, of course, you don't want to, you don't want to be rude to somebody for a start, but you can you can get your point across with the words that you provide mm-hmm. in a courteous way, firmly. But we shouldn't be too nice because we are raised to be nice. Mm. And we need to drop that as well. We're, we're, we are more worried about what other people are going to think about us. And that other person is being offensive or rude to us. And we're still putting ourselves second. We're still saying, so, excuse me, I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. but can I just yeah. say something? So you just need to get rid Can I just, can I just, all this. So if someone's interrupting you, you have a right to continue to, you know, at least finish your sentence. The one that I particularly like in the book, um, which I actually got from a a former colleague of mine, if someone's interrupting you, is just to keep saying their name until they stop. And then you say thank you and just carry on talking. That's good. And and I've seen it and it works. Uh, I think you've seen on the news night they've done, haven't they? Mm -hmm. Keep going back to the same. You look at Laura Kunzberg on a Sunday morning. Oh, she was having an interview with um, Nicola Sturgeon. And they're both at it, Mm. but she will not stop. She will just keep saying the question. That's what you have to do. A lot of the the really without raising your voice. Mm -hmm. See, you're saying that's power rather than it's not the sex or the gender. It's the it's the power that Nicola Sturgeon is. You know, she thinks she's got all the power, and Mm -hmm. you know, and Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go into politicians, but a lot of them do think that they know best and. The problem is, though, because a lot of women's voices are higher than softer than men's. You do have to. Either well, you don't shout, but then that's when we get um, called oh. screechy, emotional, yeah, and all that sort of thing. So you have to be, you know, it's it's one of those fine lines. Where... Let's bring it right up to date with Jacinda Ardern's shock resignation as Prime Minister um, of New Zealand, and the BBC published a headline: "Can women have it all?" And since then, they've had to apologise for that because they flip in should quite honestly. (laughs) But, you know, a lot of angry commentators, they contrasted it with the BBC headlines of coverage of male politicians when they quit or left or resigned, like Boris Johnson. And somebody labelled it staggering sexism. And others accused the BBC of misogyny. Would you agree with that? I don't know whether it's misogyny, but it is sexist, definitely, because, you know, she, you're right. There's, there's, I mean, I wouldn't say Boris went willingly, but no, you know, if you look at how many children he's got and the, the controversy around his 
whole his domestic affairs and that a lot of time yes we joke about it but nobody really held him up for but, but it. But other other politicians have you know leaders of parties have, have stepped mm, out yeah. just trying to think whether it's because controversial reasons I don't know but mm-hmm. um you know in the past and th- nobody's But the thing is nobody says to men they can't have it all because if you think about it, it when men work full time and devote their lives to a job they're not doing the parenting they're not. For the most part. That Laura Bates um, TEDx talk, towards the end of that, she's saying how, you know, she's put this website up and people are starting to add all their stories. And they were saying, like, why do men get congratulated for doing the babysitting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is so true. I mean, really, men can't have it all either. And this sexism yeah. works against men. Yes. I'm glad you just said that because I was going to bring up that not everyone wants it all. I mean, when I had the kids, I, I, you know, I, I own my own business with my husband. And I stepped back because I wanted to be at home with the kids. I went in a few days. So not everyone wants it all, but not all women do, but not all, as you just said, not all men yeah. do, but it's assumed that, the you know, it I will mean, be the man that does men, still go back to work There's a lot of men that will regret, older men, I think, because I think it's getting easier, but there's a lot of men that will regret not being able to take time off yeah. work to either go to a dance recital or take the kids to the dentist mm-hmm. Or I mean, they t- they missed They're out on a changed lot as well, mm-hmm. aren't they? Yeah, I, they? I know my husband has always done everything he can to be at everything he possibly can go to, but it's really hard. And then then he's working like till one a.m. in the morning to to find that time and and yeah. crunch it back into which his isn't, schedule, which isn't good either. It's no. very unhealthy and very you know, unhealthy. Yeah. What is important before, almost as a preamble to all of this discussion, is the fact that women, young women in particular, haven't identified their boundaries. And before you can tackle a problem, you've got to identify it. And what I found talking to some younger women, and there's examples in the book, they had no idea that what was happening to them Mm. shouldn't have been Mm. happening to them. Mm. And even Victoria Derbyshire's quotes um, about you know the the condition you know not being paid equally she was she was annoyed with herself because she didn't realize it was illegal at the time you know so it's the you know we can't we can't solve this problem until we teach young girls what just this week Amanda Holden and um, is it Alicia Key Alicia Dixon I was get the I was going to say yeah. <laughs> Alicia Keys apparently she's on Britain's Got Talent now too <laughs> um, they're mad as heck because um, the new presenter the new judge has been brought on instead of David Williams and it is not Alan Carr it's Bruno Tolioni, and he's getting paid exactly the same as them, but they've been doing this job for years and years and years oh. on that show, and they've had to fight for their pay mm-hmm. and to their pay rises. He's a man. He waltzes. Ha, see what I did there? <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> he waltzes straight in and has the same salary. Anyway, in a nutshell, Tony, what would you say to young men and young women to support each other and to avoid sexism? What do we need to do to try and prevent this? Is it education is it hindsight? What is it? Do you think I think that it's, would help? it's definitely education, but it's education of what it is, as well as educating boys not to behave in a certain way, rather than educating girls to try and prevent it. But I also think you have to challenge it, and everybody has to challenge it. If you're standing back and saying nothing, you're part of the problem. Well, you can catch up. You should definitely go and read Tony's book. It should be mandatory reading in every high school, I think. But you can catch up with her <laughs> with her gobby tweets. <laughs> She's very entertaining. You can follow her on Twitter, at Tony Hargis, and you can find more about her at tonysummershargis.co.uk. Thanks for listening to Two Women Chatting with our special guests. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to us if you left a rating and review. Even better, share with your friends. And please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. 
There's a link on our Instagram bio and Facebook pages.